I've noticed that when I say no to the thing that would make my business a lot of money, but that feels energetically off, or that I have the intuition that it would just really drain me energetically, so many other things have come to me that I didn't even have to work for, Mm -hmm. just by virtue of saying no. For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be, and I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. Thank you so much, friend, for joining me today. I'm really excited to have a conversation with you. Maybe we can just begin with you kind of telling us a little bit more about who you are and what your company does. Sure. My name is Bren Halley. I'm the founder and CEO of Self Spoken, which is a communication coaching company. So I work with big-hearted go-getters from all different industries, leaders, emerging leaders, business owners, on really how to find that sweet spot between conveying their expertise really speaking like a pro and speaking about the things that they do better than anyone else with that credibility while really staying true to who they are. Not trying to put on some sort of forced, fake, shiny you know, version of themselves when they're more public-facing or speaking to clients or showing up in situations that might intimidate them. So I really help people through building holistic communication skills find that sweet spot. I love that. I know you've talked a lot about coming through your website. And I know that you use that, like, fake it till you make it like that. That's you're very anti that. And I can't tell you how refreshing that is. Because I've heard people even in our industry say like, Oh, you just got to fake it till you make it, you know, and I'm like, mm, do you because that doesn't really seem like the way that I want to approach. life. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I, I just have always found that phrase really disempowering. Mm-hmm. But if I have to fake it, till I make it, then when do I ever just get to be myself? Yeah. and make it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure in an older paradigm of business, it was considered more empowering that you didn't have to have all the experience and all the skills in order to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. But hopefully in our ever evolving, but more modern and hopefully increasingly empathetic world, we also can let that go and actually yeah. just be ourselves and make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the the reasons that, you know, I've connected with you so deeply is that there's a a shared love and passion for just being who you are, you know, not trying to grow a business 
based on what you witness others being successful in, but instead just saying, really getting clear on like honoring yourself, honoring who you really are, what your desires are, even if they make no sense on paper, even if you haven't seen somebody else do it that way. And I've witnessed you continue to step into that over and over again and continue to really you know, be true to yourself to honor, honor who you are and and what your heart's desires are. Has that been something that you feel like you've always known? Definitely not. And thank you for saying that. Because no, I was about to say, yeah, that all sounds great, but it's really hard. (laughs) It's really (laughs) hard. And especially as business owners, you know, I think for so long when you're coming up in whatever industry you're in, or maybe you're paving a new path, that there's not really even the industry in my case that exists in the way that I'm paving the path. But even if you're in an industry that's existed for a long time, it's so natural for us to look to the people who we admire most and go, how'd they do it? Or how are they doing it? And how can I replicate that or copy that in my own way? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something important about that, which is you know, role models are our role models for a reason. We want to do things in a way that's at that level. But I think it can also be this slippery slope because then we're in this constant cycle of am I doing it? Am I doing it good enough as myself, but like them? Mm-hmm. And something I talk about a lot with my clients and students too is this idea that we are so socially conditioned to both want to fit in and stand out at the exact same time. And it's that tension we're always wrestling with. How can I fit into the mold that already exists? But also, how can I break the mold and stand out and be admired? And then right smack in the middle of that tension is also this deep human need to be seen and known for who we are. So I think just on a daily basis, and also as business owners, as I know so many of your listeners are, that we we have to figure out how to yeah be ourselves, kind of fight against this pressure to fit in and yet let ourselves be inspired by what inspires us Mm -hmm. and figure out how do we want to stand out in a world but still contribute and make a difference. So no, that did not come easy to me. I definitely (laughs) like probably so many people who are listening for so long. I I, I think I wore a sense of confidence like you put on work clothes. Mm. Like this thing you're supposed to put on for other people to see. And I think I was quite good at it. I come from an acting background. So I was good at performing in that way. But then somewhere around my like mid-20s, I kind of hit this point where I'm going to have to perform this version of confidence forever. I'm going to need to take like a lifelong nap pretty soon. Because <laughs> it's, <just so, laughs> it's just so exhausting. And even coming from the more corporate world where I taught the skills to project credibility and confidence... Sometimes I would feel a little bit icky about it because I felt like I was teaching skills that left out this whole piece of how to embody confidence and project Mm. confidence, but still stay true to yourself. So everything I'm about now and all the skills that I teach at Self-Spoken are really about, yes, embodying the qualities you all coming across, but also making sure that you really understand who you are, what you individually uniquely bring to the table that no one else can bring, and really making sure that whatever situation you're walking into, that you're aligned with that, that you're grounded in that so that you're not constantly abandoning yourself. Yeah, totally. It makes me think about the huge pivot that happened for me with redefining success, you know, that realizing somewhere along the journey over the last even couple of years that I had kind of created this 
goal in my mind of like, this is what success looks like. And it was because somebody told me a million dollars, like that's the goal, right? As a small business owner, you need to be a million dollar business owner. And when I got really clear and honest with myself, I was like, actually, it's not about that. I actually would rather have a lot more time freedom with my kids. I'd rather have very, very limited hours of work. I'd rather you know, build a team that I can try. There's like so many other things that happened than this like random million dollar thing, you know, that came to mind. And so I started to realize like, wow, that was, I I don't know, everything started to pivot for me when I was able to kind of redefine success and get really clear about like, actually, this is actually what I really want. Mm -hmm. Even if nobody around me is doing, even if I don't have people in my life that represent that in, in all the ways that I do. So for example, like, You know, I know other mom entrepreneurs who maybe are doing really well with their time. They're able to kind of carve out their time. They're able to be, you know, more balanced in the way that they want with their time. But maybe they're not actually making the huge financial impact that they want for their family providing. Or maybe I know somebody that is really able to have the financial impact, but they aren't with the time. So like being able to kind of look around my environment and say, I admire this thing about this person and this about this person and this about this. And somewhere in the mix of all of that is my version. It's my truth. So yeah, that's really interesting insight because I do think you're right. Like we we're always observing, you know, we're, we're always learning and growing and observing from people and then taking that information and boiling it down and getting really clear and honest about what I actually want, like what's my truth, my version is is a whole nother ballgame. So powerful. Yeah, I so share that too with you, that old, old definition and model of what success mm-hmm. meant that was also so tied to financial worth and also so tied to the amount of minutes mm-hmm. I was putting in a day just yes. working, just very much conditioned to believe and to subscribe to this hustle culture as a yeah. means to success. And there are a couple of really interesting things that you said, you know, I love the word actually so much because I think inside the word actually is so much buried gold and truth. Mm. It's actually the word that allows us to look at everything else around us and go, actually, this is what's true for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just an exercise when we do that. If we look around and we're thinking about big concepts in our life, like what does success mean to me? Or what does confidence mean to me? Or what does building a reputation in my industry mean to me? And we look around at all the things that we've collected and admired out in the world, but then we get really still with ourselves and we just put the word on paper. Actually, what's true for me is Mm -hmm. as just a reflection point to all that. I think we can really start to get aligned and grounded in, in what's true for us and start really making decisions along that route. One of my favorite quotes is, I think it's a Glennon Doyle quote, but the idea that no one can give you directions to places they've never been, right? Wherever you're going in your life or business, no one's ever been there. Exactly. And yet we do it all the time. We look at the road other people are taking to get where we're going. Mm. And then we wonder, why do I feel kind of lost or off course? Or why doesn't this feel good? So yeah, I'm a huge word lover, but actually to me represents that. Like that's actually true for me. Yeah, I love that. And for me too, when I was thinking like, you know, I always try to get really practical and I was thinking about that kind of, you know, all of the information coming or saying like, I noticed this about this person and this about this person, but boiling it down, that process for me usually is 
write pen and paper as well. It's usually journaling. It's it's amazing what lives in your subconscious that doesn't come out until you put actual pen to paper. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's pretty wild practice. Yeah. And I'm also learning everyone's really different with that too. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I haven't found a person who when they actually commit to some sort of journaling practice, it hasn't been totally powerful. But I'm actually learning more about human design lately. And I've learned that I'm what's considered a self-projected projector. Which means that I actually hear my own truth in speaking it out loud. There's something about hearing the vibration of my voice saying something that's true to me, or just kind of hearing myself talk, usually to another person, but something about the resonance in my voice feels like the resonance I feel when I'm journaling something that's like an aha kind of moment Mm -hmm. or a self-reflection moment. And I've discovered that some of my students and clients are that way too. That just in talking something out, I can just ask a a question and in them just talking through it, they'll hit something without me even knowing it that they didn't know before they said it out loud. So I think there's definitely different methods in to our core truth and that like deepest sense of, okay, what is true for me about this particular thing that I'm wrestling with? But got to do the digging. Totally. That's a perfect segue into one of the things that I wanted to talk about So I started thinking about, we're having this conversation, we've had it planned for a while. And I started thinking about like, all of a sudden this fear kind of came rushing in of like, what if she asked me what I've accomplished since I did it for? I have no idea. You're not going to ask me like, my worth is not tied to that. Our friendship is not tied to that. But I started to like play out this scenario in my mind where I've like, I really haven't been able to. Weddings have been so busy. I haven't been able to accomplish. I don't, I haven't seen the success that I want in certain areas. And I started to play all these like negative narratives out in my head. I went on your website and I started looking around, just kind of poking around like in preparation for, you know, our conversation. And right away, I mean, I literally just started laughing because one of your latest blog posts says break free from anxious internal chatter with this mindset trick. And I started to just, you know, read it. And then you had an amazing little video where you kind of talked about, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit more about that? It just cracked me up because I was like, she's literally reading my mail right now and she's not even on the call with me. <laughs> like, like uh, somehow I, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. You want to share I more love, about that? I love you for naming that. And you're so not alone. And it's so funny how it can creep in, even in relationships that feel just totally safe or normal or mm-hmm. comfortable, how this internal monologue can just come in and just fill your brain with what I really love to think of as just chatter. It's just noise. And I think in that video, I share one of my favorite ideas, which is the idea that you should not believe everything you think. I'll say that again. Don't believe everything you think, right? Because thoughts are passing through our brains all day long. Thoughts that have a strong negativity bias, not because you're a negative person. You're a wonderful, warm, sunshiny person who's passionate about empowering people. I would never call you or consider you a negative person. But because our limbic brain, our fight or flight brain, the part of our brain that is responsible for really protecting us when it senses that we're heading into a risky situation or a vulnerable situation or an exposing situation is wired to flood our system with hormones that are the same hormones that would flood your system if you were a little creature in the woods and suddenly there was a pair of eyes staring at you. Right, It's very similar, even that anticipatory nervousness and that chatter, even the thoughts are going to be negative and scary because they're just a reflection of the survival hormones that are flooding your system. Mm -hmm. 
And as the thoughts are passing through your brain, especially when you can anticipate that conversation, maybe for your listeners, it's that conversation where they have to hop on with a potential client and talk about pricing or negotiate a contract or some of these trickier conversations, the thoughts will start passing through the thoughts that are fearful to get your brain to take action to either fight the situation or get the hell out of that situation. Mm -hmm. And so what we do often without realizing it is we start to identify with the thoughts. We start to believe the thoughts that, oh, what if, for example, what if Bren asks me what I've been able to accomplish in the past nine months and I don't have anything to show for it, or I don't have what I'd like to show for it. And so then she'll judge me. And then and then your your mind is just on this hamster wheel of painting the most scary possible situation to be able to prime you to survive. Mm-hmm. And so what I love to coach people to do and what I coach myself every day to do is to really score the noticing points, right? So rather than identifying with the thought, I'm scared that Brent's going to ask me this question and I don't have anything to show for it. Just create some linguistic space between you and that thought by saying something like, I'm noticing that I'm having the thought that Bren might ask me what I've accomplished in the past year and I won't have anything to show for it. And just by creating that space of I'm noticing, you're distancing yourself from the thought. You're not taking on the thought as a belief. And one last metaphor I'll share here is the idea is when when you're able to notice the thoughts, the thoughts become clouds, essentially passing through the night. When you're identifying with the thought, you become the cloud. But the goal when we're at our most peaceful, confident, centered, grounded, we're the sky. And the thoughts are just clouds passing through the sky. That was really the trick that I dove into in that in that blog post. Yeah, I love that analogy. I think it's really fascinating to kind of imagine that and to give yourself, I mean, there's, there's ancient practices, you know, of meditation and things that are, you know, they say like free your mind or, you know, but I, I see it as it feels very tangible to kind of imagine that and envision like those thoughts don't have to control me or have to represent my value or my worth. My mind goes to, I think we, we share a love for Brene Brown. And I know she talks about like with her husband, they'll begin a conversation like the story I'm telling myself is. And so my mind goes to that where I'm thinking like, there's so many times where I begin to do that, you know, even in any kind of relationship, again, even in safe ones, like my relationship with my husband, where maybe I start to like have a thought. And then instead of just like letting that thought pass by, I grab a hold of it. And then I start to make up this whole story, this whole narrative of like what's really happening. To the point that by the time we actually have a conversation about it, it's like, wait, whoa, what? Like (laughs) that, none of that is true. And it all originated from this one thought. I do think that I've grown a lot in that with him, especially like the more safe you feel in an environment, the easier it is to begin to bring up that thought in the very beginning, you know, and and just kind of nip it in the bud and say, hey, I just had this thought. That's strange. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if there's truth to that, but is that true for you? And just kind of have a conversation rather than letting it progress and kind of spiral. And I think the safer the environment, the the more able you are to do that quickly. Does that feel true? Definitely. And I, I love that you're bringing up this idea of reality checking. I think there's a couple things too. First, the idea that yes, feeling the safer you feel in your environment, the safer you're likely going to feel to speak it out loud and use a tool, which I love. Like you mentioned, that's Brene Brown's, the idea of the story I'm telling myself is that when you looked at me that way, that you were annoyed with me. Mm -hmm. And I just want to reality check that for a second. Is that true for you? 
right? Just being able to, in a non-accusatory way, just reality check it when it has to do with someone outside of you. I think it's also beyond just feeling safe in your environment. What's mm-hmm. so important and one of the core skill sets that I teach anyone who's struggling to be able to communicate confidently or express themselves in the full range of colors that they need to is that we can't just take on these mindset shifts without bringing the body along. Mm. Because our mindset is just an extension of how safe our body feels. And often if we're anxious or we're anticipating one of these more vulnerable or tricky conversations, it's our body that's firing up with anxiety before it's our mind catching up thoughts. The thoughts are just an extension of what the body's experiencing. And what's really interesting, what we know about the limbic brain, again, the part of your brain that's responsible for that fight or flight response, the part of the brain that's triggered when you can anticipate that you're heading into a nerve wracking situation, or maybe you're already in it, is that it does not respond. That limbic brain does not respond to intellectual conversation. You can't talk yourself out of an anxious thought. It's like telling an angry person to calm down. It does not work, people. Right? It just doesn't work. So instead of trying to talk yourself out of a nervous thought or to fix that thought or do whatever your typical impulse is, my biggest recommendation is to really focus on your body first. Yes, maybe practice that I'm noticing that thought, but you really got to release the tension in your body, which is just functioning as a feedback loop for the limbic brain. Because when your body is tense, the limbic brain goes, oh, clearly she's getting ready to fight or run out of this situation. So I'm just going to pump more adrenaline and more cortisol through the system. So doing things like releasing the tension in your body on purpose. Do you have practices that you like to uh, recommend for people to release that? Definitely. And the whole first module in my new course, actually, The Confident Communicator, is really first about understanding what's happening in the nervous system when we are on the spot, or we can anticipate those nerve-wracking situations, or maybe we're even heading into a public speaking situation, so that we can really start to untangle like what's happening in the body on a physiological level, and what can you practically do to stop this cycle from playing out for the entire time that you're speaking or in this situation to be able to take good care of yourself. So a couple of the skills that I teach in there is first, understanding that the limbic brain only responds to behavioral conversation. And just by releasing the tension, your limbic brain catches up, oh, okay, I don't have to keep pumping the body with more adrenaline and cortisol. Another big thing is really making sure that you're taking up space like physical space with your body, especially when you're anxious. We have amazing social science that proves that the more physical space that you take up, the higher the testosterone levels are in your body and the lower the cortisol levels are in your body. So just really expanding, taking up physical space. Another big one is really getting your eyes to settle and ideally to settle with the person that you're speaking to which can get a little self-conscious sometimes because when we're aware that we're making eye contact, like you and I are now that we're on Zoom, it's like, ah, I'm making eye contact. This is weird. But when you're really just focused on the person you're speaking to, A, you get out of your own head because that inner spotlight is no longer shining on you and everything that you're self-conscious about. It's fully shining on the person that you're speaking to. But also what's so interesting is that we know that eye movement is directly linked to our ability to process our thoughts. The more we move the eyes around the room as we're communicating, the less easy it is to actually retrieve the thoughts that we're looking for. So that's just another practical skill there. The more you can train yourself to just nudge yourself to keep your eyes still 
the easier it's going to be to think, the less your limbic brain thinks like you're trying to find your nearest exit to get the hell out of there, right? So really practical behavioral skills that you can take on. Those three, I would definitely start with. Release the tension, take up more space and settle the eyes. It's so good. I knew this conversation would be amazing. (laughs) I love listening to you. You're so eloquent. That was a perfect segue too. I mean, I think you did a great job of already kind of calling out, you know, my experience from us like getting on this call and really just the podcast in general. Like I started this podcast because I wanted a place to get really honest and to get pretty vulnerable. And it's an ongoing battle of like stepping into that vulnerability over and over again and allowing allowing the confidence and safety within that vulnerability to become public. It's a whole different challenge. But what I think would relate really well about that experience for me to people that might be listening is like you said, like maybe maybe it is like a a Zoom meeting and there's a a presentation or they're presenting a proposal or they're talking about prices with somebody for the first time and they're not used to showing up. I think most of us, when I say us, I mean like a lot of my listeners are artists or creatives. And I know that you are a very creative soul as well. Most of us, I think, especially as creatives, it's very, very easy to want to hide behind the work that we put out. And I've seen tremendous change, not just in my own business, but in all of the people that I've been privileged to mentor and kind of coach and walk alongside them. When they're able to begin to step out and show up authentically and be seen and known, they start to realize like there actually is some truth behind the idea or the phrase that people hire people, people buy from people. They don't want to just hire the skill or the thing that they do. It's a little different when you have a product that you're selling when you have a service that you're selling, they want to know you. There's a ton of vulnerability that can go into allowing yourself to be seen, known, and heard or understood. But I also think that is the one of the biggest keys to beginning to grow as a business owner, beginning to raise your rates, find confidence, increase that perceived value that people have when they're like, I like her work. Let's see how we connect. You know, who is this person? They're going to be in my face as a wedding photographer for my clients. It's like that person's going to be in my face all day long. If they don't like me and they don't get to know me at all, they're not going to hire me. (laughs) Like they need to know that they can trust me and that they know me like me and trust me. Do you have any, anything that you want to add to that? Just kind of in that process or even kind of diving into further, like the process of, I'm freaking out. This is going to be vulnerable. This is scary. Maybe I've just raised my prices. I've never presented these prices before. Is anybody going to hire me? Am I enough? Am I worthy? Am I, is there the value? Like all those things, those narratives that we can begin to play out. Anything that you want to add to what that experience can be like or how you've seen people transform those kinds of experiences in the work that you do? I'm interrupting this episode briefly to invite you to join me for my digital at-home workshop to help you uncover limiting beliefs that hold you back from achieving your dreams. To access it, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs. Light a candle, grab a pen, get cozy with the printable workbook and a 40-minute workshop that will help invite you to take a look at the ways that your subconscious beliefs might be hindering the goals you have in your business. Again, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs to get your free access today. Now, back to the show. So many good questions in there. I think the place that I want to start in responding to that is, you know, as human beings, we're a pretty simple species. I mean, you named it, which is that all we really want 
is to feel seen and known. That's really all we want. And if we just flip that around to the people that we're hoping to serve, that all they really want is to feel seen and known and to really lean into that, to trust that that's really what you have to do in order to connect with people and help them see the value that you bring, help them see that they can rely on you, then A, you're flipping your focus outward, right? So you're taking what I like to think of as that internal spotlight, which is shining in on us and our own brains, our own internal chatter all day, thinking about us, 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 flipping that spotlight out, shining it outward again. So we're no longer so self-conscious, self-involved in our own stuff and much more outward focused. The more we can do that, not only the more we can contribute, the more effective we can be in actually helping people, but honestly, the better service providers we are in terms of whatever service we're providing. I mean, take you for example, especially as a wedding photographer, you're saying, you know, they have to, it's it's vulnerable to maybe put myself out there and to pitch whatever it is that I can do for these people. But think about how vulnerable it is for these amazing couples that you serve, that they're choosing you to be there in their face, in their most sacred, vulnerable moment, right? And so yes, it might be tricky to talk about money or pricing. We can definitely get into the weeds about that because I love talking about that stuff too. But if we just flip the focus to, okay, this couple that I am really excited about on paper, but that I'm going to get to talk to, let's say for the first time today, I can remember, okay, all they really want at the end of the day is to feel seen and known. So what's my intention is a question I'd ask myself going into this conversation. And when I say intention, I really mean, how do you want to make these people feel? It's that Maya Angelou quote, that people might not remember what you say, people might not remember what you did, but they will always remember how you make them feel. So just asking yourself the question before you go into that conversation, how do I want to make them feel can really get you focused in terms of the energy, the tone and your own sense of empowerment that you want to bring to that conversation. So I can imagine, let's just play this out for a second. What in that scenario that I mentioned, like a new potential client or new potential couple that you're working with, how might you want to make them feel on a first call? Yeah. So I've definitely learned that the more I can ask them questions, the better. I think earlier in my career, I felt all this pressure that like I'm supposed to hold the conversation and be telling them all about me and why they should hire me, what makes me different. And, you know, I do think there's, you know, maybe touch on that a little bit, but I found everything started to change when I would just say, Hey, let's give you a quick little synopsis of like who we are and how we operate as a company. Okay. Now tell me about you. And then most of the conversation being held at the ends, which totally just affirms exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And let's just dissect that strategy for a second, because there's a couple ways to work that one. So it sounds like just leaning in with a sense of curiosity, asking them questions. When people ask us questions about ourselves, that is exactly when we feel seen. Someone is literally showing interest in us, in our story, in our needs, our dreams, our goals. So questions are always a beautiful place to start. And I think it's up to the individual. I like to actually lead with questions before I give the rundown on what people can expect to get from me. Because A, I take it, like you said, it relieves the pressure of me having to jump into that conversation and suddenly be on, right? And proving mm-hmm. instead of what I would much prefer to do, which is improve, right? If we start doing the talking, we're typically in a mode of trying to prove that we have something to bring to the table. But if we can start by leaning into curiosity and getting them to tell us, first of all, how did you even find me? And tell me really what you're looking for in terms of your wedding 
process or whatever it might be just to get them to start talking. And then after you pulled out these gems that they've shared with you, you can then talk about what you do and what you might be able to provide to them in a way that's tailored to what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. And now you're following through on that intention to make them feel seen, understood, known, supported. Yeah. And it's less about you and you trying to articulate perfectly what you bring to the table. It really should just be a response to what they're looking for. And then I think in terms of the money thing, you know, I think that with the money thing, <laughs> the, money has, thing. <laughs> the money thing, people will pay truly for anything that does one of a couple things, solves a big problem, makes their life way easier, helps them get closer to that vision that they hold for themselves and their life. Pretty much one of those three things solves a big problem, makes their life easier, helps them get closer to that big dream vision goal that they have for their life. And so when it comes to the money or the value, financial value of what you're selling someone or what you're hoping they'll invest, you just really want to make sure that you're articulating that that's the thing that the value stands for. That in order to get us to partner with you to make sure that you don't have to think about anything that day logistically, that you can just show up, step into that day and just enjoy it and surrender so that you know you're going to get beautiful, vividly captured, stunning pictures so that... I don't know. You don't have anyone else with an iPhone flying in your face. Like we are taking care of the whatever it might be. You're hitting all those things that would be worth the investment. The dollar amount isn't really what people are clinging to as much if they understand the value. Mm -hmm. So I'd say for people who are really talking through what the price tag is on things for the first time before that conversation, jot down the value, the value in terms of what people are getting, and then just really practice the vulnerability of saying, yeah, so the investment for X, Y, and Z would be insert however many dollars. Period. End of sentence. No having to explain. No having to prove. No apologizing. Just let it sit. Sit in that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's good. It will not kill you. <laughs> and the more you do it, which I know you can attest to it, the more at least how I feel, I feel more empowered and settled in the value that I bring. Mm -hmm. Because I know that people have been willing to spend it and have told me I would spend three times the amount as that if I knew the results that I was going to get. Yeah. Yeah. I can think it back to like very specific emails that I've received, like where they've come back to me afterwards and kind of said, like, hey, well, this was our budget. We really can't go above this but could you meet us in the middle? Could you come down? Could you meet us at this price point? And I think in years past, many years ago, I would have, I would have tried to figure out a way to make it work because I enjoyed the couple. I thought their day was going to be good. And I've had such a hard, clear line of like, no, like this is what it costs. If something changes for you, if somebody could gift you the additional amount, or, you know, if anything changes and you can work it out in your budget, we would love to serve you. We would be honored to serve you. And I think that being able to just be like, nope, like that's, you know, like this is the price and this is what it costs because not only do I know my numbers now and I understand all of the costs and the expenses and where all those dollars are going that we're not just flippantly like pulling some price point out of the air and being like, hmm, I think I'll charge this amount today. Like we actually have the math, the system behind it. 
which gives me a ton more confidence in it. But also that value, like I know I've worked really hard to add that value into the process. And so that has given me so much freedom to to just feel really confident about it. I think the challenge always comes in when you're increasing your prices, you know, whether that be you're adding more value to it, or you have new expenses that have come up, or it's time to, because the demand is so high, it's time to increase whatever the the reasoning is for increasing your prices. I think every single time for my experience, and I think like 16 years of doing this, every single time you raise your price, you're going to be met with all of these mindset questions that you have to kind of work through these, these kind of blocks or limiting beliefs of like that for me tend to boil down to, am I worth it? Am I worthy of charging this? Am I worthy of receiving or accepting this kind of financial value? And for me, I think that stems back to growing up in a family without a lot of money. And so money has a ton of value and very complicated meaning into it that I continue to sort through and work through. So yeah, I think that what you're saying about like the value of it and really just kind of figuring out like if you're not confident of it, of that price point that you know you need to raise your rates to, to be able to pay your bills and to be able to, you know, pay your taxes and do all of those things, then can you look at it on paper and figure out like how can you add more value into it, even if it's for your own confidence as much as anything else? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And also, I, I love we were talking about this a little bit before we hopped into this conversation, but you're mentioning it now, which is there's nothing wrong too with just the gradual increase Mm -hmm. and the gradual expansion. I mean, hell, if you know that you need to get your rates up by, I don't know, $10,000 and you want to make that jump and just go for it, fantastic. Power to you. But if you know for yourself, you're going to... As you increase your rates, you will increase confidence more gradually than great. Just honor that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one other thing too is that definitely we all have to figure out how much money we need to pay the bills, right? What's the bare minimum that we need in the bank in order to just survive? Absolutely. If you have enough privilege and are making enough money that you have some wiggle room where you can say yes or no, not because, by the way, and yes, saying even saying no might be scary, right? To take on something that would make you money because obviously none of us want to say... like None of us want to turn down money. But what I've started to realize since I started my business too, and especially how the business has grown, especially over the past 3 years, just how much in each year the business has grown, I've noticed that when I say no to the thing that would make my business a lot of money, but that feels energetically off, or that I have the intuition that it would just really drain me energetically. So many other things have come to me that I didn't even have to work for mm-hmm. just by virtue of saying no. And I know that sounds like some woo-woo magical fairy dust stuff, but it is truly... And I can cite a few examples of this actually happening. So now, when you have enough confidence to just lean into that, to stand in your no when someone can't hit maybe your rate or the partnership feels off and you do that consistently, you also start to build this other confidence muscle, which is this ability to say no and trust that more aligned partnerships or business opportunities are coming their way, coming to you, that you don't have to run out there and scream in the streets (laughs) that you're available and that everyone should come hire you. There's a little bit more ease there, which for me is one of truly my core values 
with running my business. It wouldn't be a joy or worth it to me if I felt like I was hustling for every dollar and saying yes to every single opportunity. Because then I'd be living a life that wasn't true to me and running a business that wasn't true to our mission and our values. So I think it comes back from circle to what we started with, really defining like what's worth it to you. Mm-hmm. financially in terms of the dollar amount, but also in terms of the energy, the connection that you have with the people that you're thinking about serving. Totally. Yeah. There's like definite seasons of my business where I have been in that kind of reactive, like we are desperate for income because we were in survival mode and like nearly closed down our business and would take yeah. anything. And if somebody could only afford half of it, we would be like, okay, we'll figure it out. We'll take that, you know? And the lack of joy in that season, when those events would show up, you know, when I would go to serve them, it was such a different energy. Mm -hmm. I, it was just so out of alignment with where I needed to be and what I needed to do. And I think it was that very season that allowed me to, I did have, typically I am somebody that would kind of do what you're suggesting, like the incremental, you know, we were talking about that before, Mm -hmm. like where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to raise my rates to this point. And I'm going to book three at that just to kind of prove to myself that I can, and then I'll increase it to the price that I'm really after. And I do that with some of the people in my course as well, where I'm like, Hey, here's the numbers. Like, this is the math that you just got to with everything that you need. So this is where you need to go. And if that sometimes for some people, that's double what they're already charging. And they were like, wow, I'm really paying myself $5 an hour. This is crazy. Like I've, if I want to actually make this a business, I've got to increase it. I've got to double my prices, but that's way too scary to them. So Mm -hmm. then I'm like, do the same thing where I'm like, okay, let's come up with a plan for you to get to that number. How can we slowly work our way? So that's typically how I operate as well. But there has been a season when we were coming out of that, where we were just like taking everything. And we, I was like, I don't want to do this business. This is not the kind of business I want to run. This is not the way that I want to be showing up and serving the world. So I either have to be cool with just going for it and raising my rates and having a pretty decent price jump and then not taking any discounts or choosing a different career. Really? Yeah. I mean, choosing a whole different, like letting it be okay. And so I think for me, that that kind of big jump came with the reality of like, if this is not the way that I want to be doing it anyway, then what do I really have to lose? Yeah. Let's go for it. And if it doesn't work, then I get a different job, which is what the trajectory would have been anyway, you know? So I think there's, yeah, there's times and seasons maybe too of which method is, yeah, how you can kind of grow your confidence in that too. I think there's something so empowering in playing out the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. There's something so empowering in saying, okay, I'm going to double my rates and I'm going to send out that email saying it tomorrow, or I'm going to change it on my website, whatever it looks like for you. And before you do it, just saying, okay, what's the worst case scenario here? Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, there's radio silence for a little while. Maybe then I put out a few feelers or I try and promote things in a different way. Okay, worst case scenario, this just doesn't work. And guess what? You get to make the rules and you go back to the drawing board. You know what's also really interesting what you said is usually if you have an intuition that you need to increase your rates, it's usually because you're really clear about the value that you're bringing the time that you're spending, the Mm -hmm. energy that you're pouring into doing whatever it is that you do. And what's usually the gap between people being willing to hit that price, even though that's clearly the value and not, is what your messaging is. Mm -hmm. Is your ability to articulate what the value is. Because if you just increased your rates a boatload out of nowhere, and you're like, same stuff you've always gotten, but now it's just magically 
you know, $5,000 more expensive. So, you know, holler at me when you're ready to work together. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, and what do I get if I'm paying that much more? That's Mm -hmm. always what we're thinking, even the most generous, big hearted people. And I talk about this in my new course, The Competent Communicator too, especially in the messaging module is that we're always as listeners thinking, what's in this for me? It's just the truth. We're always thinking that. What's in this for me? And if in your messaging, in the way that you communicate, even the financial value of what you're doing, you're answering that question up front, then people internalize the value. Mm-hmm. They get it. But if you don't do that, if you just say, you know, this is how much this thing costs without laying that out for people, you can't expect people to just see that on their own. That's part of our job as business owners to help people understand the value. And we get to be fun and creative about it too, because in helping them understand the value, we're using our emotional intelligence to make people feel seen and known. Our messaging should say something like... The subtext of it should be, I get you. I see you. You're dealing with this problem. Or you want your life to be made easier in this way. Or wouldn't it be amazing if you could have this vision that you hold for yourself? I get that. I know that. And I know how to help you. I know how to take you or support you or whatever you to get from A to Z. And the value of the investment of getting from A to Z is X amount of dollars. And now you've really painted a journey for people that Mm -hmm. goes beyond that transcends just a price tag. Yeah. Oh, those are some powerful words. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. If people are wanting to follow you and get more of this amazing conversation, more of Bren and all that you do, (laughs) where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So we're just growing our community and family on Instagram, Bren underscore self-spoken. So that's B-R-E-N-N-E underscore self-spoken. We have lots of juicy, fun conversations about communication skills, about confidence, about authenticity, about what it means to let yourself be seen more, all those things over on Instagram. But also the best place that you can continue to have these conversations are really inside our programs. So the Competent Communicator is opening for enrollment June 8th. We have a free masterclass that day. So go ahead. We'll drop the links somewhere around here. Yeah, we can include them in the show to notes. Sign yeah. that up so you can just learn some more free tips and jump into the conversation that way if you're interested in joining us for the course. If you want to show up in this new, weird post-COVID world with more groundedness and integrity and confidence in the way that you show up and speak up in the world, definitely check out that course. We'd love to see you inside of it. And then also our signature group coaching course, Presence Under Pressure, will open again in the fall. But otherwise, you can keep tabs on our regular blog posts by joining our e-tribe, our email newsletter list over at magicallandofselfspoken.com. <laughs> awesome. And I just want to say too, for anybody listening and considering any of those programs that one of our good mutual friends has been in your program. And every time I talked to her when she was going through the program, she just could not stop talking about the transformation she was experiencing. So I'm just so grateful to have some time to connect and chat and just grateful for you and the way that you're showing up in the world too. So thanks for being here today, Bren. Right back at you, baby. It's so cool to watch you just shine and rise as they say keep doing you (laughs) all right thanks if you enjoyed this podcast today do us a favor and hit subscribe and then leave us a review in fact to celebrate the launch of this podcast we're doing a giveaway of a hundred dollars via venmo 
for one lucky reviewer each month for the first three months. All you have to do is leave a review and be sure to drop your Instagram handle in the review so we know how to get in touch. If you're looking for more, you can find us at almondleafstudios.com or on Instagram at almondleaf. Remember, you are enough. You are love, you are light, and you are worthy simply because you exist.